start doing and go go for it right like people are very i would say information overload um they're reading the writing blog watching videos but they never are action takers right i would rather people go for it and learn from the mistakes and at least you don't live with regret This is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com and we're always here to help. Now, today we've got another great uh, guest on the podcast, John uh, Boing, 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 Bong, Bong. And John, and I knew the first name was easy enough to pronounce. I got to the last name. I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble. So uh, John, um, just as a quick introduction, uh, parents came from uh, Vietnam um, and he, they grew up as a, a pretty tight family. He, you know, he worked like crazy in high school to help out and support the family um, and then went to the university and while there did a whole bunch of different jobs to continue to support both studies as well as his family. Got a degree in finance and then decided he, after uh, graduating, would take a year abroad in England. Um, I think it was maybe as part of the degree, maybe after the degree. You'll have to remind me um, for the first. Uh, and then after that, went into sales and worked at uh, Yellow Pages for a while. Um, and then decided after that to go off on his own and uh, start his own SEO agency that's focused on small businesses. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, John. Well, thanks a lot, Devin, uh, for the intro. And it was pretty much a summary of uh, just highlights. Um, and that was great because, you know, I can delve deeper uh, for sure for a lot of your listeners to hear. But it's been quite a ride. Um, growing up, it was challenging. But for me, it felt normal, right? Because that's all I knew, which was we were, I was a, a family of, Four children, my parents, uh, left the war for a better future for us children, so next generation. They sacrificed everything, didn't know the language, didn't have funds, but they knew it's probably healthier and it's for the children, right? Better education, better culture, better support system, better resource and access and choice, right? So that's what they did growing up, you know, for us, it was about family. It was taking care of one another, helping each other survive. Um, so I, I worked at a young age and I had many, many jobs, um, probably 20, 30 jobs before I even finished uh, university. And, so let's, uh, now let's not go through all of the 20 or 30 jobs, but give us kind of a, a smattering or give us an idea of what were some of the jobs that you did or kind of what was the areas that you hit or that you, you did to help out with the family. Yeah, first was newspaper route. I think it was like nine or 10 years old. I started doing that. Um, I worked at a library to, you know, pay the bills. I, I worked in factory line work. I did landscaping. I did um, at every single restaurant as a waiter, as a fryer, as a concession stand, you name it. I probably worked at all the major landmarks in my city and town where I was living in. <laughs> Because, I mean, it was a part of me being curious, but also trying to survive, right? And take care of just having additional funds for support for the family, as well as access to purchase and do things on my own. 
So we didn't rely on any other medium of uh, access of money. So we just had to do it on our own. Um, but I learned a lot of skill, uh, life, life lessons as well, right? Like how to get good interviews, how to land a job, how to, you know, communicate with others, right? Like life lessons that uh, I think is a foundation of every human, I believe. If you want a good career or to be on your own, you need these skill sets um, to be positioned in the future. No, and I definitely agree. So I think it's, you know, it's one thing It's definitely great to, as you're kind of getting young, as you're younger to develop a work ethic, understand that, hey, you know, things don't come for free. You have to get the experience. You have to get the skills. You have to figure it out. And then you just have to put in a ton of time and effort. And then also, you know, looking to, hey, I'm big, you know, bigger than just me. I'm looking to support the family and help out. And I think those are all great lessons. So now as you grow up in kind of that environment, you're coming out of high school, had a whole bunch of different jobs and kind of work to help support the family and you go off to uh, university and to school. Now, you know, remind us where did you, where did you go and what did you study? Yeah. So I went an hour and a half away from where I live. So I I'm in Toronto, like close to Toronto, Canada, um, which is an hour away. I grew up in Hamilton, Ontario, and I went to school in London, Ontario. So university of Western Ontario. I went there. Um, it was funny because for me, again, I wanted to be like everyone else, but I wasn't. I didn't come from a lot of uh, access and resources, right? So we had a student loan. Um, I didn't have a vehicle, like three quarters of the population and students that were there. I took public transit. I was working along the way and I was trying to fit in, right? Like, but I didn't know how other people were living prior to coming to university and living on their campus. So me wearing different clothes, acting differently, I was just different, right? Because again, I never, growing up, I never had a sleepover. I never even stayed at a friend's house, right? Mm -hmm. Like birthday parties, that was family cake event, right? Once a, a year, we traveled to a festival, but we didn't really, you know, now that I look at what my child is doing and how much information and choice that they have, I want them to embrace the culture that we have available. And that's what most of the students that were in university had, like a, a, a upbringing that allowed for choice, freedom, travel, like real travel, like flying to different countries and doing different things. Like I've never flew in my life until I, I did that one time exchange program to London. And I think that really was an eye opener to me because I was then able to not just survive on my own, live on my own, but fly as well. Like I've never flown in my life. I, I never, you know, moved to a different country without my family nearby. And I just had to figure it out. I also worked along the way. I also got more known, but I had to figure it out. So it was great of a, a life experience, I believe. Now remind me with that. So did you go now, because I mentioned it briefly in the intro, but I couldn't remember, did you go to England while you were studying or did you take a year off after you studied? Yeah, it was England in my third years of uh, university studies, and it was the exchange program. So it was a great opportunity that the university allowed for, and I took advantage of it. So for me, it was more a great life experience to embrace a new culture that allowed me to just live in a different country, opportunity that I've never even been able to travel before, and then learn from other people that were also exchange students from all over the world. So it gave me a really good breath of, I, I used to live in a bubble, 
in a government housing kind of landscape where everyone kind of knew each other. And that was great at that time. But as the world is now an open book and there's so many more opportunities, so many different cultures, so many people, I, I now you know, want to travel more. I want to experience different cultures, different people and understand how people live differently. So it was a great eye opener for me. Um, and that actually transformed me to be better in just not just communicating with my friends and family, but in all my career choices moving forward, because now I'm more grateful for the opportunity that my parents endured during the, the that lifetime to pass it on to me. And now I'm trying to pass on those skill sets to my child as well. Hmm. No, I think that that's definitely am, am, amicable and uh, definitely uh, as, as a great, uh, great endeavor to, to take on. So, so now you finished, so you did the year abroad, you finished up your degree. I think you got in finance. And then after you graduated, I think you, if you mentioned before we talked, you went into sales and worked for Yellow Pages. Is that right? Yeah, before I went to Yellow Pages, actually. So I, I actually spent 10 years in advertising sales. And five of those years was at Yellow Pages Group. But before you get into Yellow Pages Group, you have to be actually pretty good in sales. Because here in Canada, we were the only, Yellow Pages was the only unionized sales force. And it was a one-year probation to get in. And you had to be vetted because there's hundreds of applicants. Now, so I have to- Let me ju just, uh, one really quick point of clarification. Because when I think of Yellow Pages, there, I guess there's two technical things that it could be. One is that it's the old actual Yellow Pages book that you opened up at everybody's business in. You, or sometimes it would have people's phone numbers and you would actually physically turn the pages. I believe it evolved, I haven't gone there in a long time, to, uh, to a website, right, where you could go and actually yellowpages.com or whatever, and it was kind of the digital version of that. I don't know if, if or which ones are still around or how well they're around. So were you doing more of the physical book, you know, Yellow Pages that you delivered to the homes, or was it more online? So in Canada, we own both assets. It's a brand, and there's only one monopoly, right? And I know in the U.S. there's Yellow Book, Yellow Pages, there's Yellow, and there's all these other variations. But here in Canada, we had a monopoly. One book and also online, and we sold both, right? So it's the same company. And so we had an, a sales force of over 2,000 sales reps. And it was very competitive, not just to get in, but also do well. And so five years prior to getting into the yellow pages, I had to really learn how to sell properly. And I learned from absorbing a lot of content, going to conferences, reading books, just following the footsteps of great salespeople within the organizations that I was a part of. And I wanted to get better. I understood what it took in terms of work ethic, hard work, um, trying to just persevere, be persistent, try to just that grit mentality, right? Like just keep doing and action taker, try to show up earlier, do things longer, whatever it takes, right? And mm -hmm. that's how I got these positions and I got better. And while at Yellow Pages, you know, out of those 2000 reps, now I'm now one or 2% of the top tier. I was going on these trips and I was learning a lot, right? And I was getting better in sales now. And during that tenure, I worked with thousands of business owners and they just advised me, like, it was great in terms of life lessons because they taught me so much about how important 
running a business is what really mattered in life, which meant uh, family, typically, they do it, they're small, medium-sized business owners that I was dealing with. And they were the hardest working people in, that I can even think of it, right? Like, and they were not just doing it for a couple years. They were doing it every single day for five, 10, 20, and sometimes generations being passed on. So now, so you did, so no, and I, and I, and I, I think it's great that early on in the career, you can get kind of that mentorship or that guidance in the sense that, okay, you know, Hey, I, I don't know what I don't know. Let's, let's figure out how to do, you know, go through and be a good salesperson, how to, you know, look and see what others have done to build their book of business or their sales or network and, and get all that mentorship. And so you worked there, I think it was for about eight years or how many years? No, eight years you've been doing your SEO firm. How long were you at the Yellow Pages? Five years. Also, for you did that for five years now, kind of as you reach the end of that five years and, you know, and you obviously started your own or SEO agency, but kind of what prompted to leave or to, you know, want to do your own thing or start your own thing or kind of how did your journey evolve after being at Yellow Pages for five years? Yeah, like the last couple of years, those business owners just advised me they were not getting a good ROI. They were spending money that they no longer got good results from. And they knew there was a behavioral shift in how people were consuming and searching for their type of business. They knew there were people still seeking out their services and products, but mm -hmm. me myself was spending more time on online, right? Digital. And I was now, you know, at a smartphones were starting to pick up. Internet was faster. People are now accessible real time, seeking out their services digitally. And with traditional media, Google kind of took off and Yellow Pages started to damper. And therefore, I knew I either had to go work at Google or Facebook or Amazon or one of those big players or try something different. And I knew there was a, a client base that was underserviced. The small, medium-sized business owners just didn't know where to turn to, who, how to do it, and who to trust. And I wanted to hit all those major pillars so that I can serve them well. So I went out, learned as much as I can about SEO, even though I didn't know anything when I first started, I got to learn it in the last eight years to make, make sure that I serve them well, know who I ideally want to service and work with and produce a really good return on their investment, which is all about results driven. Um, so we worked on harvest systems, procedures, processes to ensure that we have a really optimal, you know, results and drive. And it's like a, a whole system, right, in place so that we can now, do things better and grow. Now, one thing I'll, I'll jump back just a bit in time because, you know, you, you touched on it, but I, or dive into it just a bit deeper is, you know, so you've been at Yellow Pages for five years you know, and they, and, and I get they're saying, okay, things are slowing down. People are going more digital. Google, Apple, and others are kind of encroaching in our space. And so it's going to be hard to continue to compete. And I honestly don't know if they're still alive or not alive. I haven't used a yellow page. Usually it's like everybody else, you'll Google it. Um, but, you know, so that that's starting to wean down, or at least they're having to pivot and evolve. Now, how did you decide, okay, I'm going to get into local SEO. I'm going to start to kind of start my own agency. Was it a matter of this sounds fun and exciting? It's a matter of, hey, I've got to do something and this job isn't going to be here much longer. Was it, you know, kind of how did you make that decision or that jump as to, okay, I'm going to be leaving like Yellow Pages. What am I going to do next? Yeah, I think it was, and that's a great question because for me, it was a pivotal time in my life. And if you look at the lifespan of a human, like, 
typically there's career paths, right? And I just recently got married. I recently purchased a place and I now had the a decision to continue working at a corporation or pivot to a different company where I'd be kind of doing the same sales kind of role or try something different, right? So being a, an entrepreneur meant you just have to have clarity on what your vision and goals are. And I had support from my wife. So that really helped me make a decision and make me really pivot to being an employee to now an entrepreneur and business owner and do it fully committed. And so at the early days, it was challenging because I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't really know how to do SEO. I didn't know how to hire people. Like all these things were thrown at you. And then you got to figure it out, just like how I kind of figured it out growing up, right? And mm. so when I look at the challenges, I know it's hard. It's hard for a lot of business owners. But if I've already kind of gone through some hard challenges growing up, it's just another hard thing that I have to endure and figure it out. So that's what I did. I went out there, seek good advice from other SEOers, learn as much as I can, read blogs, watch videos, go to conferences. And then as, as a business owner now, I'm consuming a ton of content on business ownership, how to absorb it, how, how to run it properly, operations, management, hiring, accounting, bookkeeping, uh, everything, right? And there's so many facets. So, so now, so, so as you make, because you did that, so you decided, okay, this is what I'm going to do. There's a whole bunch of things to learn, things I don't know, but I'm going to dive in, figure it out, and, you know, get it uh, get it going. You know, was it a, hey, I, I jumped in, I had clientele from day one, and it was just a cash cow and making lots of money. Was it, hey, I took a lot of time, learned it, took a while to build a book of business. Was it ups and downs or kind of as you started out in the business, because you've now been doing it, I think, for about eight years, right? Um, but, you know, as you started out, how did that initial kind of diving in and getting it figured out, how did it go? So getting in right off the bat, not knowing anything about SEO, I knew my biggest strength was sales as a skill set. So I went out there and sold with a concept and idea on my smartphone. <laughs> With a laptop, I was like, okay, I got to make sure that there's revenue. Number one in any business is you need money and people paying you. So I went out there, got my first dozen or so clients paying me um, with, you know, a couple thousand bucks where then I, I knew I had an idea people want, right? So that's how I got the ball rolling. Then I started hiring. I started doing things to grow the business. But at the beginning, I was spending so much time in the business because I had to learn everything SEO, how to run all these different pillars and operations. And then after a couple of years, I started hiring more people to manage. And then they were more, you know, controlling different pieces within the organization, which is now someone in operation, someone that is in accounting, bookkeeping, sales and marketing, all these fun, you know, different departments that when you structure it properly, then it allows you to, to then focus on the bigger picture about growth, marketing, mm -hmm. things that really matter when you're working on the business. So it didn't happen overnight. Like I didn't have money to grow, start the business at, at the beginning. I was bootstrapping everything. I had to figure it out because I was like, you know, I just got married and, and bought a home. So there goes all my money, right? <laughs> so I got to figure it out. Um, and as you grow and, and you evolve and learn more, um, you appreciate what your team can do 
and you learn leadership skills, how to delegate properly, how to, you know, use, you know, learn about what triggers your employees to want to be excited and passionate about what your dreams and desires are. And so I, I really focus on building a really good solid core team that understands my vision and values. Right. And mm -hmm. that replicates and expands and amplifies my, my, my dream really. No, I think that's awesome. And it's always fun, you know, you always think you know a lot about business until you start your own business. And then you figure out all the things that you didn't really think about or did learn, you know, hey, I actually have to do marketing. I have to do sales. Oh, I get to do bookkeeping. I get to do taxes. Who's going to be the janitor? Who's going to pick up after things? Who's going to do hiring and firing? Who's going to do, you know, managing people? Who's going to give direction? Who's going to, you know, or, or set up the office and blah, 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 you know, it goes on and on, you know, and that, I think that's a lot of the fun and excitement if you take it with the, the right lens. So, so now you've done all that and that kind of brings us up to today and now looking kind of to the next six months, six to 12 months, kind of looking out just a bit into the future, kind of where do you see things heading for, headed for you, for the business and kind of what's the next steps for you guys? Yeah, it's exciting because you go through all these journeys, right? In terms of not just business ownership, entrepreneurship, but every day is, I, I'm as passionate and excited as when I first started. It's just different challenges, right? And for me, it's not even six to 12 months. I'm looking at like a 10-year plan. I look at it like, what is my next thing? And do I still wake up excited doing what I do? And if not, I have to change it. So it's just a different pivot of what I need to really be inspired to do. So we have a lot of different projects and initiatives. And everything I'm doing has to be fun and exciting. So for me, right now, we're in the works of not just growing in, into different markets because we've been really focused in Canada. U.S. is a different beast, and I get it. So that's a different marketing growth plan. Also, then there's other platforms. We're really heavy on podcasting. We've been doing podcasts for two and a half years, but really commit on doing it properly. I've been working on a book. So that's going to be another six months to a year plan. We're working on a community and that's another thing, YouTube channel, speaking, all these are big projects, but I have a team now that is, that gets me, that understands what I'm about. So I can allocate some people to on these projects and I can focus on all these passion projects that I think will elevate the brand more. And it's a lot. So I need to really, allocate based on time and have fun and own it. So everything I do has to resonate with my people, my staff, and it has to be a part of me where it personalizes and customizes what I'm trying to do, right? Which is ultimately to give and bring as much value as possible to the audience members. No, I think that, and I think that's, uh, that's, a great way to look at it in the sense that always, you know, I, you hear a lot of people say, you know, you have to be, you have to chase your passion, find your passion. I think that there's some truth to that, but you know, if you can be really passionate about something, if nobody in the marketplace wants to buy it from you, it doesn't matter how passionate are you are about it, but where you can find the mix of that passion and where the market's willing to pay you for it, that's where I think that 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 sweet spot is and that mix. And then I think I like the idea of kind of reevaluating as you're going to always say, hey, am I still as passionate? Is this still exciting, or do I need to adjust either the business or find something else to do or whatever that might be um, as you're as you're going along. So. Well, as we wrap up, we're starting to hit towards the end of the podcast. And so I always have two questions that I ask at the end of each episode. So we'll jump to those now. So with that, um, first question I always ask is along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? 
Yeah, so eight years, I've had a lot of regrets. Well, not really regrets, but a lot of mistakes. Learning opportunities. Learning opportunities. And that's the only way to pick yourself up and see if you can endure it, right? There's going to be a lot of bumps in the road. Um, so early days, I was hiring for the wrong skill set, right? I was hiring just on skill set and no personality, no values. And that was a big, big mistake because at the beginning, I needed people. So I didn't know how to hire properly, what to look for. So I was hiring just on them being great SEO kind of people, right? Not everyone is created equal. And as I, I grow and learn more about how to read people and uncover like what really men, makes me different is it's the personality, my values and how I, I was brought up and the family values and everything else. So that was a big you know, learning curve. And it, it probably was six months of a lot of mistakes. Um, and a lot of like stress, right? Because you don't know what you don't know, but you got to get your foot wet and mm -hmm. do it, right? And the more you do, the more you're going to learn and try to mitigate those mistakes moving forward. No, no, like, because I mean, I, it, it's funny because I think hiring is one where everybody has to go through and it's one where a lot of times everybody thinks, oh, I'll do it differently. I'll be so much more better at it and I'll, I'll make it better, you know, blah, blah, blah. And most of the time you get into it, I'm like, hiring is hard. It's hard to not just find the right fit, the person with the right skill set, the person that will fit the culture, that will work hard, they'll get the job done that you can trust. I mean, there's a lot that goes into the mix. And so I think that, that especially early on as you're figuring it out, you know, a lot of times the temptation is, is to, hey, I just need to hire someone that has the skills, they're a warm body, they fill the seat, they get the job done, and oh, they'll work hard, they'll fit, they'll, you know, and, and it, as you get farther into it, you figure out, no, there's a lot more to hiring and figuring out those people that are right for the business and the team that meets the eye. So I definitely get how that's an easy mistake to learn, but something great to, to learn from as you as you go along. So now as we jump to the second question, which is, if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? I would say just start doing and go go for it, right? Like people are very, I would say, information overload. Um, they're reading, they're writing blogs, watching videos, but they never are action takers, right? I would rather people go for it and learn from the mistakes. And at least you don't live with regret. Most people will always, you know, overanalyze a lot of decisions. And as a business owner, you have to be very decisive all the time. And the first thing is go and live with the actions that you're going to make. And therefore, I would have started earlier if I knew, right? And that's what a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners say. Um, if I knew what I knew today, I would have started earlier in my life. But I don't live with any of the regrets because I had a lot of experiences along the way and people that impacted my decisions at that time. So after reflection, after having a good perspective in life, um, I'm, I'm learning. I'm still growing. I'm still making mistakes, but I'm still doing. And I'm still passionate doing. And that's the other thing too, like go move, but be happy, do things that make you and excite every action that you want to do, because what brings you joy is what motivates you. If you are just doing it for the purpose of money or some, some other thing, it's probably not going to bring as much fulfillment in your life. No, and I, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, 
It's interesting. I think we're coming up on 250 plus episodes now, and I can't remember which ones have aired and which ones are still uh, are going to be airing soon. But out of all the episodes, you know, there's a lot of different answers people give. I'd probably say the number one answer that people give more than anything else is some variation of get going, just do it, get started now. I wish I'd started earlier because, you know, it's one of those. I think that if you have that personality, if you like doing your own business, doing your own startup, it's one where as soon as you get going on it, you'd wish you started so much earlier because you enjoy it and you're so passionate about it. So I think that that definitely resonates across a lot of different journeys. Well, as we wrap up, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a they want to use your local SEO services for the business. They want to be a customer. They want to be a client. They want to be an employee. They want to be an investor. They want to be your next best friend. Any or all of the above. What's the best way to reach out, find out more, and connect up with you? Yeah, you can check out our website. Uh, it's www.localseosearch.ca. We also own the .com, uh, but originally we're from Toronto, Canada, slowly expanding across North America, UK, and Australia. And we are really passionate. Like we love what we do because we support the small, medium-sized businesses. And that's the lifeline of every community, every city, every neighborhood, every country. So if you are one yourself and you don't know who to turn to, give us a call. We're here to help and we want to add value in your life so that you don't have to worry about this whole digital space. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage everybody to reach out, check out the website, see if you uh, if they if the, you can utilize your services. Definitely an area where um, comes in uh, comes in handy for a lot of startups, small businesses, and even medium sized businesses is a, a great resource to drive business. So. Well, thank you again, John, for coming on. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to uh, share and you'd like to come on the podcast to share it, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the podcast. Two more things as a listener. One, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast player so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so everybody else can find out about all of our awesome episodes. Last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else with your business, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. We're always here to help. Well, thank you again, John, for coming on and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you, David.